So dear devotees, welcome uh, everyone. I'm uh, happy to see all of you, Omkar Prabhu, Sekirati, Shamananda, Anangamanjari, Gayatri, Krishna Kumari, Karolina Govinda Mohini, Haripriya, and Rama Mohandas, and now Gauramrita Dasi also joined. Welcome everyone. My name is Brigupa Das, and it is my great happiness and great privilege to be able to take you to the holy land of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, to Navadvip Dham. So we will be in a series of, of lectures. Now we will be going to Navadvip Dham on Parikrama. So uh, please join me for these uh, sessions. And uh, please share with all of us your own experiences, your own realizations about this sacred place, because we're going to go to a very special place. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in his uh, magnum opus, the Jaiva Dharma, he begins the very text like this. And if you ever read the Jaiva Dharma, I think you'll remember this part. Within this universe, the middle planetary system, shaped like a lotus flower, is known as Bhumandala. In Bhumandala, there are seven islands which extend outward in concentric circles like the world of a lotus flower. At the center of this world is the island of Jambudvipa, which is super excellent among all the places in Bhumandala. In Jambudvipa, the land of Bharatavarsha is eminent. Within Bharatavarsha, the topmost place is Gaurabhumi. Within Gaurabhumi, the nine island region of Sri Navadvipandala is supremely distinguished. And in one area of Sri Navadvipandala, a beautiful settlement named Sri Gurdrum is eternally situated on the eastern banks of the Bhagirathi River. So of all the holy places in the whole universe, Navadvipdham is super excellent. So it is to this wonderful place that we will be going. Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Parakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahaganaraganatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Zavadutam Varijana Sahitam Krishna Jaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha Magyanatimirandasya Gyanangana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yenatasmai Sri Gravenamaha Sidhantut Palasaranitirasikam Hamsam Vidasatmakam Audariakya Sudhama Sevakadanam Vishramabakti Pradam Yachna Yukti Vichakshanam Vagabido Vaishishta Shaktiya Sada Pandeham Tripurari Namakayatim Shri Bhakti Vedantinam Manjakalpa-turubhyasca-gripa-sindubhyayva-chapati-tanam-pavanibhyo-vaishnavibhyo-namo-namo-namo-mahavadanyaya-krishna-prema-pradayate-krishnaya-krishna-chaitanya-n
हरे राम हरे रामो राम रामो हरे 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 नाम हरे नाम हरे नाम केवल कलो नित्यम so welcome again all devotees to this series of Navadvip Mandala Parikrama. In this series, we're not going to do the ordinary Navadvip Mandala Parikrama, the one where you uh, visit all the nine islands of Navadvip and hear stories from all these islands. Instead, because we only have four uh, Thursdays uh, time, we're going to visit some particular places and speak more about uh, those places and experience something of those places. But today I thought I wanted to give you an introduction to all of Navadvip. So I, uh, I prepared a few pictures and also some maps to give us an idea of where we are going. Navadvipa means nine islands, or at least it can mean nine islands. Navadvipa can also mean the new island. The word Nava can mean both new and nine in Sanskrit. Uh, the very idea of uh, nine islands comes uh, from the Bhakti Ratnakara, which is uh, a text from the 18th century written by a devotee called Narahari Chakravarti. Narahari Chakravarti. Uh, writes like this in his book, in the 12th chapter of his book. The name Navadvipa is famous in the world because there, the nine methods of devotional service to Krishna, Shravana, Kirtana, Smarana, Padasevana, Archana, Vandana, Dasya, Sakya, as well as Atmanivedanam, had all taken form and were practiced. There was no mention of the name Navadvipa in the Satya Treta Dvapara or even at the beginning of the Kali Yuga. Later in the Kali Yuga, the name Navadvipa came into existence. The name Navadvipa was used during the time of Sri Chivana Mahaprabhu and his forefathers. Wise and expert scholars have concluded that Sri Navadvipa Dham is the most suitable place in which to meditate. It is truly the eternal Vrindavana situated on the banks of the Janava River. It had been the abode of Lord Shiva and Shakti, and devotion is its greatest ornament. Its nine dvipas, Antardvipa, Simantadvipa, Godrumadvipa, Madhyadvipa, Koladvipa, Ritudvipa, Janudvipa, Modadrumadvipa, and Rudadvipa, are both glorious and magnificent. Some experts estimate that the extent of Navadvipa is five yojanas, while others say its extent is 16 crores. 
the center of Navadvip is Mayapur. So on this kind of schematic map, you can see what uh, Narahari Chakravarti just said in the Bhakti Ratnakara. On the banks of the uh, Janavi or Bhagirathi River uh, is this area. It's not literally nine islands, but maybe at some point in history it was because this is a very flat land. This is a land where rivers uh, move. We're not accustomed to moving rivers, at least here in Finland, where I live. But in a flat area like this, big rivers will find new ways. Even from year to year, they can change their course a little bit. So maybe at some point in time, this area uh, actually consisted of nine separate islands. But uh, as it is understood, in the, uh, in the time of Mahaprabhu, they were not uh, separate islands, but rather separate areas of this place crisscrossed with rivers and uh, smaller rivers. The Bhagirati uh, River, which on the picture here flows on the left side, is what is called a distributary of the Ganges River. The Ganges River, of course, begins up in the Himalayas and it travels down through North India and finally uh, leaves into the ocean in today's Bangladesh. But on the way, there's a, a part of the Ganges that goes south through today's West Bengal and which exits into the sea at Ganga Sagara, south of Kolkata. This is the Bhagirathi River. Technically, that's called distributary of the, the Ganges River. So it's part of the Ganges River. And here, another uh, river, the Jalangi River, uh, joins the Bhagirathi River in the middle of this sacred area of Navadivi. The middle portion of this area is called Antardvipa. Antar means the inner island. And there in the middle of Antarvipa is the Yoga Pita, uh, also known as Mayapur. The name Mayapur is not mentioned in Chaitanya Bhagavat or Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, I think its first mention is here in the uh, Bhakti Ratnakara. And around there are different other areas. And all of these areas are, like we heard in the text, linked to different devotional practices. So Antardvipa is linked to Atmani Vedana or surrendering the self. Simantadvipa is linked to Shravana. And then in a cl clockwise manner, from that, Godramadvipa, Kirtana, Madhyadvipa, Smarana, Koladvipa, Padasevana, Ritudvipa, Archana, Janudvipa, Vandana, Modadrumadvipa, Dvipa, uh, uh, Dasya or Seva, Rudra Dvipa, Sakya, and Simanta Dvipa, uh, uh, yeah, so Antardvipa is Atmani Vedana. Uh, the exact uh, borders of these uh, Dvipas or these areas are sometimes given in a little bit different way. For example, uh, the big temple that ISKCON has in this area is uh, according to some maps, like this map, for example, a part of Simantadvipa, 
it's not really in Mayapur or Antardvipa. In other maps, it's part of Rudradvipa. And today, of course, most people will say that it's actually part of Mayapur, but technically it's not part of Mayapur or Antardvipa. Antardvipa and Mayapur is the same. So in this area, this flat uh, agricultural area, a city was founded by the Sena kings of Bengal in uh, 1063. Bhaktinoda Thakur mentioned in the Jaiva Dharma, no, I'm sorry, uh, Narada Chakravarti mentioned in the Bhakti Ratnakara that nobody knew about Navadvipa in the beginning of the Kali Yuga age, let alone the other ages. So this is not a place that has a manifest history that is extremely old. Nevertheless, of course, just like any other dham, it is sometimes manifest in this world and sometimes unmanifest. Just like we cannot find uh, archeological evidence in uh, the Vraja area that is uh, uh, very, very old. In the same way, in uh, uh, this area, recorded history starts uh, at 1063. But there are, of course, stories that tell about things that have happened in this area much before that. Those stories are called Mahatmyas. And Bhaktivinoda he collected uh, a whole lot of these stories in a book that he called Navadvip uh, Dhamma Mahatmya, which records all kinds of stories, uh, some quite fanciful stories of different sages, divinities, uh, who have done different things in these areas. Many of these stories can be found already in the Bhakti Ratnakara, and then they are kind of developed in this book by Bhakti Nautaku. So this kind of, of oral tradition, this kind of spoken tradition, exists in this area that goes farther back in history than recorded uh, um, kind of uh, material history. And it is here, of course, that Sri Chaitanya Dev took birth. Krishna is not born in this world. He takes birth. He decides he wants to be born. He's not born like we are as a result of our karma. He takes birth. He decides to become born. So he became uh, born here, the highest supreme personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, accepting the bodily luster of Sri Radha, uh, took his birth here in Mayapur or Antardvip, in Navadvip, under uh, a neem tree. A neem tree, uh, such as the one in the picture here, this is said to be the exact tree under which uh, uh, he took birth. This tree uh, has very bitter leaves. The leaves are sometimes even used in in, in cooking to make a very bitter taste because everything that is bitter is supposed to be good for you. So this tree is very bitter and it's actually a little bit too bitter to eat. So there's a, a, 
superstition in Bengali culture that if you want to make sure that your child will not be bothered by ghosts and goblins and all kinds of bad spirits, you should give the child a kind of bitter or stupid name. It's the Nimai, means the bitter one. So no ghost will want to eat him up. Another trick is you can, you can uh, uh, sell your child really cheaply. Uh, so you can sell your child to the midwife, for example, for one small, small coin. And uh, then the child, the, all the ghosts will think that we don't want to bother this child. He's so useless that he was sold for one, one, one cent. So the name Nimai Pandit, that uh, uh, Mahaprabhu got, uh, was given to him because he was born under this tree and also because of this kind of superstition that a person with such a bitter name uh, will not be bothered by any, any ghosts or demons. So he was born in this area. And that, of course, is the real reason for why this area is sacred for us. All the stories of Shiva and Parvati and all the sages and all of that is fine and uh, beautiful. But the real reason for this sanct the sanctity of this place is, is that it is here that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was born. And here you can see this Neem tree. And here you can also see the Neem tree. But can you notice that it looks kind of different? The tree is much smaller. The buildings around also look different. What do you think is the reason for that? Chamananda Prabhu. Is this the, the Prachin Mayapur? Yes. So this is so-called Prachin Mayapur. This is a different Neem tree. Because there are two places in this area that are said to be the birthplace of Mahaprabhu. Both of these places have a Neem tree. Both of these places have a yoga pita, they have a Shiva Sangam, and so on. So today I'm going to speak something about this uh, uh, history of the birthplace of Mahaprabhu here in Navadvipda. And to be, order, to be able to understand this history, we need to go back to this idea of this area being an area of moving rivers. Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he came to uh, this area in uh, uh, about 1873. And uh, he wrote like this in his uh, autobiographical letter to his one of his sons later on. This is from 1873. During the Christmas break, I took a train to Navadvip with my wife. Arriving there and seeing the land in all four directions, the hair on my body stood an end. Upon crossing the Ganga, Ganga I went to Rani Dharmashala and I made arrangements to cook for Sriman Mahaprabhu. Having taken darshan of the Lord with difficulty, I honored the prasad at around one o'clock. 
After 45 days of dieting, I took grains, jackfruit, dal, banana flower, sabji, and soup, and so on, which were like nectar. Since my very birth, I had not eaten such nectar in food. Even Bimla ate everything on his plate and with great devotion. Bimla, of course, is the uh, later to be known as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati. So apparently when he was a child, he was a fussy eater. I thought that was kind of sweet. We had to go to the house at Krishnanagar before evening and thus buying some cooking pots and utensils and quickly crossing the river. We took the train to Krishnanagar. The next day I went to Borogoswami's house in Shantipur, took prasad and before evening returned home. At that time I was beginning to become strong. Every Saturday I went to Navadvip to search out the places of the Leela of the Lord, but I did not find many and I was very unhappy. At the present time, the people of Navadvip only pay heed to their stomach and so on. They do not make even a little effort in relation to the places of the Leela of the Lord. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he had kind of a traumatic experience coming to Navadvip. He uh, had ex expected that this is the holy place of Mahaprabhu. Here, everybody's going to be a devotee. Everybody is going to be speaking about the Srimad Bhagavatam. They will be remembering Mahaprabhu. When he came there, he found a city which wasn't a very ancient city. And which was a city in decline, Navadvip. Uh, it had seen its best days. There were devotees there after a while. He did find some devotees. But the devotees as well were just speaking about uh, business and about uh, some war and mundane things like that. He was quite disappointed. And he asked, where is the birthplace of Mahaprabhu? And everybody said, there is no birthplace. The place where Mahaprabhu was born has been uh, overflowed by the Ganga River. So you can think that all of this area is the holy birthplace. Now, Bhaktinotakur wasn't satisfied with this. So he started to make some research. And he tells in his uh, autobiographical letter to, to, uh, that I was reading from, he tells about how this research began. He writes, one night, Kamla and the clerk and I went up on the roof in order to look around. So this is the roof of this uh, Rani Dharmashala in uh, Navadvip town. It was 10 o'clock and it was very dark and cloudy. Across the Ganga in a northerly direction, I saw a large building flooded with light. I asked Kamla if he saw it and he said he had. I asked the clerk and he said I did not see anything. Because of that I was utterly amazed. In the morning, I looked carefully at the place where I saw the building from the roof of the Rani Dharmashala, and I observed that there was one tall tree in that location. When I asked others about this place, they said that this distant place was known as Balaldighi, and that the remains of the fort and so on of Lakshman Sena were close by. Lakshman Sena is the, the founder of this original Navdvip town. That Monday, I returned to Krishnanagar, and the following Saturday, I went back to Balaldighi. I saw that wonderful phenomenon in that place again at night. And the next day, I went to see the area on foot. Upon inquiring of the elderly people of that place, 
I was informed that this was the birthplace of Sriman Mahaprabhu. I gradually saw everything in the area and ascertained where all the small villages mentioned in the Chaitanya Bhagavata in, and in Naraharitakur's Bhaktiratnakara and Parikrama Paddhati were. While staying in Krishnanagara, I wrote Sri Navadivdama Mahatmya and sent it to Kolkata to be printed. I explained all these matters to Dvarik Babu, an engineer from Krishnanagar, and through the strength of his intellect, understood everything. He made a map of the area around Naudvip for me. That also was printed in a reduced form in Dhamma Mahatmya. While I traveled around Navadvip Dhamma and wrote Navadvip Dhamma Mahatmya, I saw that there was very little opportunity to do more. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he had this uh, uh, vision of a uh, uh, sacred area of uh, Navadvip, and he started to make research. One of the things that uh, he noticed was that on old maps, the location of Navadvip changes. The oldest map of this area was made by a Dutchman called Van den Broek. He made a sketch in 1660. Uh, it, I hope you can see that on the picture. Can you see that? Yeah, it's on the, on the left side. So there, uh, Nadia, the colloquial name for Navadvip, is on the eastern side of the Ganges River. But then on the other map, uh, the one from 1780 by somebody called Renault. There, there's plenty of places. And Nudea or Nadia is to the west of the Hugli River. So something has changed in uh, this hundred years. Here uh, is another map more close to the time of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, 1855. This looks very confusing, I'm sure what, but uh, uh, can you see number 23? It's, it's here where the cursor is. That's the modern town of Navadvipa. So where I'm ha having the cursor right now, that's where this Rani Dharmashala is. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he was looking north, or rather to the northeast. And here, if you can see where there is the number 14 and 11 and so on, there's an X even there, like X marks the spot. Uh, the spot here isn't Mahaprabhu's birthplace. It's rather the tomb of a Muslim saint called Sirajuddin, uh, who was the teacher of a, of a Muslim king. And who is also uh, the same person as the Chand Kashi. So that's the Chand Kashi's tomb. And uh, in that area is also this Balaldighi, or this old remains of the original city of uh, the Sen kings. So when Bhaktivinoda Thakur was standing there on the Rani Dharmashala, he saw this lightened up temple, this shining temple in that area. And by studying the topography, by studying the, the place names and the different uh, uh, um, ways in which the river had moved 
during the centuries, he realized that uh, the city that is, is today on the western side of the river uh, had originally been further east, but when the river had, had changed its course, it had uh, submerged that uh, city for a time, and the people had moved uh, away. So he recognized that the real birthplace of Mahaprabhu was in an area that uh, in his time was known as Miyapur. Here's another map from the same time. Navadweep, the modern Navadweep is here in the middle, this red area. And to the north of that, and to, the, to a little bit like north, northeast, up here you can see something called Miyapur. Miyapur was a Muslim area. Just some rice farmers were living in that area. And then a little bit to the north, there is this Baladighi, uh, these ancient ruins, and also this tomb of this Muslim saint. Uh, and here in Miyapur, based on the description of the Bhakti Ratnakara, but also based on the description in the Chaitanya Bhagavat of how Mahaprabhu, uh, when he went, for example, for his uh, nocturnal Sankirtan, he went to the house of the Chandkasi, uh, how he had gone there. Uh, Bhakti Thakur determined that this is the real birthplace of Mahaprabhu. And of course, we know the story. He brought Jagannath Das Babaji to the place. Jagannath Das Babaji, he, he jumped out of the basket that his servant Bihari was carrying him in. And he danced and clapped his hands and said that this is indeed the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Dev. So Bhakti Thakur, he uh, started uh, a society the Navadvip Dham Pracharini Shobha. And, they, and he uh, founded a temple in 1894, I think it was, there in Mayapur. And gradually uh, the place was developed. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur, he saw this area in Mahaprabhu's time as having looked more or less like this. The, the area in the middle that is lined like this was the old Navadvip town. Uh, these different places here are places still, still there today. And this fits together with the descriptions of, in Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chaitanya Charitamrita. For example, when, uh, when he goes to Katva for sannyas, uh, the place where he crosses the, the river makes sense from the point of view of this, this geography. Another thing that points to this uh, actually being the birthplace of Mahaprabhu is that when later in 18, 1935, Bhaktivinoda's son and successor, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Thakur, 
renovated the temple and indeed made a new temple there, an Adbhuta temple or a wonderful temple uh, with the patronage of the king of Tripura. They built the beautiful temple that is still there today. While digging the foundation for this temple, they found this deity, Adhokshaja Vishnu deity. It is uh, uh, there in Yogapita still today. It's a very small deity. In the picture here, you can see the tulsi leaf uh, below. It's not a huge tulsi leaf. It's an ordinary sized tulsi leaf. The deity itself, it can fit in the, more or less, it can fit in the palm of your hand. So it's a, it's a small deity. Uh, but it's an ancient deity. Uh, anybody who knows uh, Indian iconography can recognize that this is a deity that is uh, uh, from uh, the, the Sena uh, age. So uh, uh, it shows that even if it's not possible to prove that this is exactly the deity that was uh, worshipped by by Shachimata and Jagannath Mishra, it's exactly the kind of deity they would have worshipped. If you get a chance to study this deity very close up, you'll notice that the, the facial expression, the eyes, everything looks uh, very kind of Northeast Bengal, like influences from, from Assam and other, other more kind of uh, uh, East Asian places. And of course, Mahaprabhu's family was from Shilhet in today's Bangladesh, which is uh, influenced by this culture. So Bhaktinod's uh, successor, Bhaktisiddhanta, he took this as another proof of that this is indeed the birthplace of Mahaprabhu. So here was built the Adbhuta Mandira. And we're going to come back here in a later lecture to the yoga pita, the place of union, the place of the appearance of Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev. Now, when Bhaktivin Thakur uh, founded the Navadvita Dham Pracharini Shabha and, and, and uh, created this temple and, and started uh, speaking about the glories of Mayapur, not everybody liked what he was saying. Some people felt that he was an outsider who came in and uh, uh, didn't really know how things were and created his own place here in the middle of nowhere. and just wanted to kind of uh, usurp the power of the traditional uh, teachers in Navadvip town. But they didn't do so much about the, the thing because the, the ordinary story was that the birthplace had been lost under the Ganges River. Nevertheless, uh, one uh, devotee called uh, uh, Raja Mohandas, one Babaji, uh, came to the, to the Nardvip area in 1916, and he wasn't happy with uh, uh, the Yoga Pita uh, um, birthplace. So he start, tried to find what he thought was Mahaprabhu's real birthplace. And his kind of uh, uh, most important idea for his thinking was that there's a tradition that King Virhamvir, uh, a king of, in Vishnupur, 
who was uh, converted into Vaishnavism by Srinivasa Acharya, the kind of next generation after the Goswamis. Srinivasa Acharya, he converted Virambir into Vaishnavism. And Virambir, he built many temples. And there's a story that he built a temple in uh, Navadvip on the birthplace uh, of Mahaprabhu. Uh, this temple later became uh, uh, in bad shape. So uh, uh, a person called Ganga, Go Ganga Govinda Singh, who was a Diwan or a minister, uh, he built a new temple in red sandstone in 1729, but that temple was washed away by the Ganges in 1876. So uh, uh, this Braja Mohandas, he thought that the real birthplace, we'll find the real birthplace if we find the remains of that temple, that red sandstone temple. So he went around in the area and dug holes in the ground to, to find uh, this uh, uh, red sandstone temple. And after lots of, of effort and many years work, he found a piece of red sandstone. On the other side of the Ganges, north of uh, today's Navadvip town, in a, in a place call, uh, called the, the Crab Field. So it doesn't have a very glorious name. But in that place, he decided that this is the, the real Mayapur. So he gave it the name Prachin Mayapur, or Old Mayapur, to distinguish it from what he thought was the new and false Mayapur. And that place has then, after that, been, been uh, developed by his followers. He founded this Prachin Mayapur in 1931, and he got lots of support from the the traditional authorities in Navadvip because they felt that this was a place that they could control more easily uh, rather than the place of Bhaktisiddhanta and his followers. So today, the reality is that we can find two birthplaces in Navadvip. We can find this Mayapur birthplace and then this so-called Prachin Mayapur. So which one is right? The evidence is not 100% uh, clear, but uh, there are some things that do point very strongly in the direction of the Yoga Pita that we can see in the picture here. The strongest evidence for that is that uh, uh, when the Chandkashi became upset with uh, uh, the nocturnal kirtans, of Mahaprabhu. It's mentioned in the Chaitanya Bhagavat that he became upset because they disturbed his sleep. Now, nobody disagrees on where Chandkashi used to live. He lived very close to the place where his grave is situated still today. That's about one kilometer from the Yoga Peet. So especially in the nighttime when not so much is going on, you can imagine that you could hear somebody's kirtan from one kilometer's distance. Prachin Mayapur, on the other side of the river, is eight kilometers distant. Quite a different situation. One kilometer, okay. Eight kilometers, not so much. 
also this very idea of the red sandstone temple. If you listen very closely, you'll notice something strange. Bhagat Vinod Thakur came to Navadvip and started to look for the birthplace in 1873. What year was that red sandstone temple that commemorate, supposedly commemorated Mahaprabhu's birthplace washed away by the Ganges? 1876. So if that temple really had been the birthplace of Mahaprabhu, everybody would have told Bhaktivinoda, it's here, this temple here, this red sandstone temple. For three more years, it would have been there for him to see. Nobody did that. Indeed, there are many reports of that temple actually having been a temple of Sitaram. So yes, a Vaishnava temple. But if it had been a temple commemorating Mahaprabhu's birthplace, why would the deities there have been Sitaram? There's nothing wrong with the Sitaram temple, Sitaram Kijai. But would you make a Sitaram temple on Mahaprabhu's birthplace? Maybe not. Now, of course, as devotees, we're not really interested in, in fighting. And uh, we're not going to say that that other place is false and that this place is the only right place. We can agree that all of Naudvidam is uh, sacred and beautiful, but we have strong evidence on our side as well to state that this indeed is the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Dev. And in the rest of this series, we're going to, to go to some of these places and learn more about them and uh, uh, immerse ourselves in this land of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. So that's uh, what I wanted to speak about today, something about the, the history of this place and the history of the so-called two birthplaces of Mahaprabhu. Uh, but are there any questions or, or comments? Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Just a comment that is uh, Sri uh, Jagannathas Babaji's Disappearance day today, so very fitting to begin on this day. <laughs> Thank you for that comment, Samananda. I had missed it. Thank you for 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 uh, uh, sharing that with us. Do you know what we uh, can remember Jagannathas Babaji through? Sometimes people wonder. What did Jagannath Das Babaji give? He gave something that uh, we say every day. Shamananda. I've heard that it's the Panchatattva mantra. Is that correct? So whenever we say Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shri Vasavi Shri Gaurav Bhaktarinda, we can think of Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj. Any other comments or, or questions? Uh, just to thank you for sharing this story about the two Mayapurs, because I had it, my understanding was totally different. 
that because like I thought that that this old the Prachin Mayapur was there before and that Bhaktivinoda Thakur didn't think that that was the real place and therefore he established the hmm. no it, it it wasn't like that but of course there's power in words so if you if you call something old Mayapur Many people might think that, okay, so that's the original one. Um, thank you very much for your class. Uh, uh, do you have a question about, do you know what the origin of the divisions and the allocations were each of those? And could you speak a little bit about that, please? I'm not hearing you very clearly, but I think you asked about the origins of the, the divisions of Navadvip Dam. Is that correct? That's right, yes. Yeah. The origin is the Bhakti Ratnakara. It appears to be, uh, or uh, if that's not the origin of, at least that's the first place where we hear about it. So that's an 18th century text. Indeed, some people say that this is not true, that Navadvip actually doesn't mean nine islands, it just means the new island. And uh, uh, there is some, uh, um, so, some people say that, and for example, uh, I think uh, Kavi Karnapur in his uh, his Chaitanya Charitamrita, he also has a book called Chaitanya Charitamrita. There he sometimes calls Navadvip, Navina Dvipa, which uh, literally means the new island. So, so uh, 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 there, 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 there seems to be kind of two traditions of what Navadvip actually means. But in the Gauragana Deshadipika, uh, there are, are verses that, that hint to uh, this connection of Navadvip with the nine uh, limbs of Bhakti. So there seems to be a, a, a tradition of connecting Navadvip with the nine limbs of Bhakti that is not kind of explicitly written down before Bhakti Ratnakara in the 18th century, but which existed already before that. And we always need to be careful with this when we speak about history, especially in a place like India. We can't just go by written history. This is a mistake that historians have often done that they, they've thought that uh, anything that's not written or cut into stone or something like that is just kind of folklore. But folklore is important. And oral history, the history of, of, uh, of people uh, we need to take that seriously. That's one of the things that Bhaktinoor did when he came to this area originally. He was speaking with people. He was asking knowledgeable elderly people, uh, what's the meaning of this place name? Because the place names in this area, they're not uh, directly Sanskrit names. They are kind of a mix like they are in most places. So the places like Mayapur, for example, the, the name that the locals used for that place was Miyapur. 
not exactly the same, but you could you could think that Maya became kind of shortened to Mia uh, by by ordinary people in that area. So he asked, what's the old name of this place? What does it actually mean? Is there a story behind it? And he collected all those stories in Navajudam Parikrama, in the Navajudam uh, Mahatmya book. So uh, we don't know exactly the origin. That's a short, short answer. We don't know exactly the origin, but the first place where it is written down is Bhakti Ratnakar. Brigopat, I was wondering uh, if you could give us some homework reading to read something to uh, give our experience a little more more juice. <laughs> um, homework. Maybe you could read from uh, the Bhakti Ratnakara. I think you'll find it online. Twelfth uh, chapter. Uh, it's telling about uh, uh, parikrama of this this land, and it's that's where I read from already before about uh, these nine islands and their names and how they correspond to these different uh, parts of uh, or or practices of bhakti. So maybe that could be your homework to read uh, the beginning of that chapter. It's a long chapter, so maybe you will not have the stamina to read all of it, but uh, at least read the beginning. So you'll see kind of the, the feel for the place that is there in, in that text. Nice, thank you. Thank you, and thank for you now. for that question. It's always fun to give homework. Fun to receive. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Oh, here's Govinda Mohini coming on. So thank you all devotees. Uh, for this session today. I look forward to seeing you all next time and, and of course on the other classes and, and uh, Tattva Viveka series before that. Jai Shishi Guru Gauranga Gandharvika Giridi Dhari Shishi Radhaman Radha Govinda Gopinata Radha Damara Radha Shamsundara Radha Ramara Radha Gokulananda Radha Madhava Dauji Kupal Mithai Gaur Shri Sharabuj Giri Radha Ki Jai Jai Shla Jagannath Das Babati Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Gaudiya Guru Parampara Ki Jai Jai Shishi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhupada Shadveta Gradhara Shivasa Vishigaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Jai Shiantadvip Mayapur Simantadvip Madhyadvip Poladvip Ritadvip Chanadvip Madhyadvip Modaradvip Rudadvip Atmaka Rudadvip Vodurmadvip Atmakashi Navadvip Dham Ki Jai Jai Gaur Bhaktarindaki, Jai Jai Gaur Premanande, Hari Hari Gaur. Sriman Brigopad Prabhu Ki Jai. Hi.
Haribo.